It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, it's time to preview the Thunder season ahead and talk about what to look forward to with OKC, where they're going to finish in the standings, who's going to win every award, plus an NBA season preview as well. So a lot to look forward to today on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into our Thunder season preview, which is going to be bold predictions, where we're going to finish in the standings for the Thunder this year, it's going to talk about, you know, predictions for like who will be the team MVP, all that kind of fun stuff. We're also going to do NBA predictions. So NBA standing prediction and award predictions as well. And who I think will win the NBA finals. So thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's start with the uh, OKC season preview. So first, let's run through the awards and say who will be that recipient for the Thunder team specifically. So who's the Thunder team MVP? This is an easy one. SGA. He's going to be awesome, the best player on the on the Thunder, and he's going to lead this team as he's 100% healthy to start this season. No minutes restriction on him at all uh, against Minnesota on Wednesday. So he should be good from the word go. He's your superstar. He's your all-star caliber of player. Rookie of the year for me, you still have three options, even though Chet Holmgren is down. You have Jalen Williams. You have... Usman Jang, and then you have the Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. I mean, out of Arkansas. I have picked the Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, J-Dub. That is who I think will be the best rookie on this team. I have such high expectations for him this season because I think that he can be a very valuable three-level scorer. He's a really nice facilitator with the basketball in his hands, a dribbler. He plays really good defense. He can do a little bit of everything. He can cut off ball if you need him to. He can do a lot uh, as a member of your kind of team and in your unit. So I think that Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara will have the biggest impact as a rookie and be one of the best rookies around the league, especially in OKC, obviously. Now, Defensive Player of the Year. This one's, again, obvious. Lou Dort is the best defender this team has. It would have been more of a toss-up had Chet Holmgren been healthy. Then you could have went, really went back and forth on this one. The sixth man of the year I did go back and forth on. I'm really picking between Trey Mann and Jalen Williams on this one. I think that with Trey Mann, you have that scoring potential, that scoring ability. Can he do it efficiently? With Jalen Williams, I'm not sure like at what point in the season he'll be entered into that starting lineup. And I think it will happen at some point this season. 
I'm not sure when, but if Jalen Williams for some reason never does enter that starting lineup, I think that he'll be the sixth man of the year. I think that he will he will overtake Trey Mann, who's good, who's been kind of sharpied into that role since last year. I think that Jalen Williams will be the best bench player. And so that so to classify a sixth man of the year, to me is the best bench player on the Thunder this year. Whenever we're talking about Thunder specifically, uh, and so I think that Jalen Williams will, will surpass Trey Mann as that, unless he gets of course bumped to that starting unit unit more often than not. Um, the bounce back player of the year to me goes to Darius Baisley. Now, most improved will go to Poku. So we'll talk about Poku in a second. But to me, when you look at Darius Baisley, everyone has an opinion on Darius Baisley. Everybody's either all in or all out on Baisley. And there's a lot more people all out than all in on Baisley. A lot more people think and have already written off Baisley, have already closed the book on Baisley. And look, I'm not trying to convince anyone that Baisley's a starting level player in the NBA, an all star, none of that but I do think it's unfair to close the chapter on him being a quality role player in the league. He can, he can still be utilized in the NBA and even utilized by this thunder organization. He plays elite level defense with his versatility and size to switch one through five, which the thunder want to play that kind of play style. He can play fast in transition. If the thunder want to push the pace this year and I think that you saw the last two preseason games, what his role should look like. It shouldn't be standing in the corner or camped above the break and waiting around for his turn with the ball in his hands uh, at the three point line. That should not be how this thing operates. It should be him cutting. It should be him being the the roller in the pick and roll. It should be him sitting in the dunker spot. And in those last two preseason games, Darius basically took zero three pointers. So I think that whenever you limit those three pointers and you see his improved decision making and, and, and quicker and more decisive decision making uh, rise, plus that defense, I think that the that the narrative or the nature or the tone of voice that we use when talking about Baisley will be totally different than it is right now, come the end of the year. Now, the Thunder did not extend Baisley at the uh, extension deadline yesterday, uh, so he will go into the summer as a restricted free agent. Typically, the Thunder do not operate you know, with restricted free agents. You saw Hamadou Diallo just recently have his best stretch of his career in OKC, and but he was an impending uh, RFA they traded him for Sima Kylo to Detroit after his best stretch of his career. Uh, not saying that Baisley's for sure going to get traded, but just something to note and look and look forward to or look out for uh, throughout this season. I think that Baisley can be a very good priority rotational piece in this league. And I think that it's unfair to close that off from him as a 22-year-old. Like He is going to be really good, and he's going to be somebody that can really help this team and, and help this organization. And I think that with this Thunder team, Darius Baisley's ability to kind of reshape his image will do a, will go a long way for him. Because look, this is a guy that has not performed in the offensive end. He's improved a lot defensively over his career, and he's became an elite defender. A guy who's not improved at all, though, offensively. So he has to improve offensively, and he's facing now free agency this summer in which the way that he plays these next few months we'll go along with determining if he gets a multi-year deal, if he gets a one-year prove-it deal, or if he gets a deal at all. So I, I think that with Baisley, you're looking to see how he can improve and bounce back this year. And I think that that's why he's the bounce-back player of the year for the Thunder when it's all said and done. Now, most improved, I have as Poku. I think that Pokushevsky is going to be the most visibly improved player because there are a lot more fans that are hyped on him than Baisley, and there are a lot more fans who want to see the good in him than they want to see in Baisley. Uh, as a basketball player. I think that with Poku, he has such a long way to climb out of your 
for those of you that are like anti Poku, it's such a long way to climb in the sense of like, he has not looked like an NBA player period yet in his, in his career. If he just simply plays under control and, and makes the right decisions, then all of a sudden the perception is already dramatically different and he's already much improved than he was these last two years. And the reason I think that he can do it is because we've seen it, number one, in preseason. Number two, Marcus talked about it all training camp long. And number three, I am willing to give this guy who is who is younger than most players in the league still, even though he's entering year three, and who should have been in the NBA the last two years, but just fell onto a team that had the perfect circumstances to take him on earlier than expected. I think that he can show you that he is a guy that can be a rotational piece in the NBA and can be um, just a normal basketball player. And I think that what we've seen so far in the preseason that I hope continues Wednesday and beyond is a calmness of, okay, I don't have to make the unicorn place. I don't need to show them a superstar. I don't need to throw behind the back passes, no look over the shoulder passes that go into the fifth row. I don't need to do any of that. I need to make the smart basketball play, get back, play my role, and that's it. And so the more that he's comfortable doing that and not trying to overextend himself or or kind of prove himself, the better he is. And I think he'll be a, a, a guy that is we look back on as the most improved player on this roster. So some funny ones to me. Uh, the annual question that gets asked, especially these last three years, you know, from Isaiah Roby to Moses Brown to even going back to Deontay Burton, right? Every year, it's an 82-game marathon, and guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to have to fill in. Guys are going to get minutes and blowouts. Guys are going to get small opportunities. And in those small opportunities that they're going to use, they might capitalize and play really, really well, like the Moses Brown 2020 game, like Isaiah Roby last year. And every year, there's a subsection of fans who are like, oh, wow, 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 stop the presses. We have found the center of the future. It's Moses Brown. How'd that work out? So every year there's there's somebody that's like, oh, is this guy serious? Is this guy for real? To me this year, the is this guy for real award will go to Isaiah Joe. Because Isaiah Joe showed some tools in Philadelphia. And a lot of Sixers people really like him. And I think that he does have more of a legitimate pathway to being an NBA player than Moses Brown did, than Isaiah Roby did, than, um, you know, Deontay Burton did, obviously. But at the end of the day, there's only so many roster spots and eventually the Thunder are going to have to um, you know, start consolidating what they, what they have already. So I think that we're going to see enough from Isaiah Joe that there's going to be a, a subsection of fans that are really hurt if the Thunder elect to uh, let him go in the offseason, just as there were those subsection of fans that were hurt whenever uh, Isaiah Roby got let go this offseason and, and landed with San Antonio. So I, I think that it will be very interesting uh, to see how Isaiah Joe progresses. I'll be watching with a very close eye because I do think that there's an NBA player in there. I think that there's a guy that can land on his feet, whether it's in OKC or elsewhere. Who knows? But I think that he is an actual talented basketball player. But I think that he will get way more hype from the Thunder fan base um, than is noteworthy. Like, again, Isaiah Ruby, I think, is the perfect example. Did he play well for OKC? Yeah, he did. But looking back on it, should the reaction have been so fierce whenever the Thunder cut him this summer? No, it shouldn't have been. I'm glad he's in San Antonio. I hope that he proves himself very well in San Antonio, but it was not worth the out, you know, the outlandish takes that were thrown out there from the media and fans whenever the Thunder let go of Isaiah Roby. The tank commander player, I think, is Eugene Omari. If the Thunder elected tank, and if the Thunder get to a point where, you know, in March they're playing non-games of consequence and they're playing a lot of guys who you haven't really heard of that much or 
who aren't as high on the priority list as others. And then you get to Eugene Amori, and this is a guy who's built like a linebacker, wears 97, is just willing to shoot at all costs, and will just jam that square button, right? He'll just throw up that shot. There's not an X button on his controller. He's, he's just throwing up those shots down low. That'll be fun to watch. No, it won't be successful, but it'll be fun to watch. So I think that he'll be the tank commander kind of guy for OKC. Uh, will OKC have an all-star this year? Yes, I think that SGA will make the all-star team this year. I think that the Thunder will be good enough at the start of the um, you know season up into the all-star break to warrant getting an all-star selection for SGA. I think they'll be hovering right around that 10 seed, you know, five games out, six games out, something of that nature, or maybe even three games out, right? Anywhere between those kind of ranges to where it's worth, okay, he's still averaging 25-plus points a night. His team's not that bad, and we need to put him in the All-Star game because the last two years uh, he did not get the nod. So I think that that will be SGA's turn on the All-Star ledger. Now, coming up, where will OKC finish this year? Who are the five best players in the Thunder? Bold predictions for OKC this year and the over-under of 23.5 wins gets answered on this podcast coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at LinkedIn, folks. LinkedIn is incredible. You're going to want to check them out today because these days, every new position or potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you can access the best qualified candidates available That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So check it out today and go there right now to help you get an easier life, right? If your job is to hire people, make your life easier by going there right now and then put your hashtag we're hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread awareness that you are hiring for your job, for your business. Uh, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates that have the right skills and experience. That way you can quickly prioritize and pick who you want to interview and hire that fit those qualifications. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. Terms and conditions do apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter, Pod. I want to thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out Game to Game, folks. It is Game to Game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game has every game from across the NBA with local breakdowns from our Locked On experts that they can deliver. So, for example, today, go to the Locked On NBA YouTube page or search Game to Game Locked On NBA and you will find a recap 
of the Celtics-Sixers game and the uh, Warriors-Lakers game, and you'll have four different perspectives on these games to get you caught up. And then once we get into a Wednesday, you know, like tomorrow, whenever there's a full slate of games on, you'll have all of us right at tatting our opinions on what just transpired. We'll do this after every single Thunder game. I'll also put them on the YouTube short for the Thunder perspective of, of these games. If you want to check those out as well. So check it out today. That is game to game for the NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast from. Now let's continue talking Thunder basketball. We talked about is SGA going to be an all-star. That's one of the burning questions this year. Where will OKC finish this year is another one. I've been giving a sort of cop-out answer saying, ah, you know, they'll finish anywhere from five to 10, you know, the bottom five, bottom 10, somewhere in that, in that lottery standing range. I'm going to settle on seventh. I think that the Thunder will be seventh in the lottery standings this year. Who will be the five best players on the Thunder? So as you've seen, I've been trying to mirror kind of NBA awards to Thunder awards. Who's going to be your all NBA, only all Thunder team? Positions can't matter because it's only one team that you're getting to pick from. So who are the five best Thunder players after the season's over with? I think that after the season's over with, the opinion will be it's SGA, it's Josh Giddy, it's Jalen Williams, it's Lou Dor, and Trey Mann. Now, obviously, this is only players who actually played this year. Uh, so Chet Holmgren will not count on this list, right? But that's why I think of the players that played this year, who the five best will be in the mind of the fan. My bold predictions this year. Number one, the Thunder will have a top 10 defense all year long. So even at the end of the year, whenever they might be tinkering with some things, I think that the Thunder still have enough quality defense on this roster that no matter what the lineups are, their scheme and their principles can allow them to be a top 10 defense in the NBA. So that's my number one bold prediction. Number two, Josh Giddy will shoot 30 plus percent from three. Now, he shot 27% last year from three, so it's a three percentage improvement at least that I'm looking for. Uh, I think that's fairly bold, but maybe you don't see it as bold, but I think that it will happen. It'll shoot 30 plus percent from three. And I have Darius Baisley will change the narrative around his game. We've talked about that a lot earlier, so let's move on to my last bold prediction, which is Jalen Williams not only make all-rookie team, he'll make first team all-rookie team, and Usman Jang will make second team all-rookie. Two Thunder rookies will be on the all-rookie team this year. Uh, That is my last bold prediction. Now, the over-under. It's over with, right? Today's tips off the NBA season. Uh, All your final predictions have to be out there, and you have to bet your over-unders right now before the season tips off. My over-under is over on 23.5 wins for the Thunder. They won 24 games last year, folks. They won 24 games last year. I can't justify this roster being a win worse than last year's roster. Now, were there some fluky things that happened last year? Sure. Did they have too many 15-plus point comebacks that probably won't happen again this year? Sure. But even so, even without Chad Holmgren, this roster is just a much better roster. So if you're telling me all I need to do to win this bet is for the Thunder to secure 24 NBA wins, I'm going to take that bet. I'm going to take that bet, and I think that I'll be on the right side of history come March, come April. So I just don't see a way where the Thunder finish under 23 and a half. I just don't. Now, again, this is boring health. This is boring all that stuff. But it feels pretty comfortable to take the over on 23 and a half wins. It just does to me. This roster is full of guys. Even if you know, SGA only plays 40 games or something, I still think that with the young nucleus on this team, they have enough to win 40. I mean, I'm sorry. They have enough to win 24 games. 24 
games. That's all I'm asking for. That's all that they won last year. Do you think that this team can win less games than last year? I don't think so. Even when the Thunder were trying their hardest to tank these last two years, they've never been a bottom three team in the NBA. They've never finished, you know, with a worse record than 22 wins. So what you're telling me is here, 23 will push. Will they be worse than the first year that they ever started tanking? Or will they be smudgingly better than last year? That's kind of the the two um, kind of polar extremes on this over-under bet. I think that they're going to be better. I think that they're going to be at least the same in 24 wins. Because 24 wins, of course, is the same. But I think they'll be at least 24 wins on this roster. I, I just don't see a way in which it doesn't happen to me. I think that that is the easiest way to summarize it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, now that we're back with the NBA side of the season preview. We've been doing these season previews uh, on Locked in NBA where we discuss our opinions of each roster and each team, and we get in these roundtables of you know other tanking teams, other contending teams, other playing teams, all that fun stuff, and discuss them. So where do I have everyone finishing? Let's go through the NBA standings first, and then who I have in each conference finals, and who I have in each finals, and then who I have winning the championship, and then we'll do awards. So... I have my Western standings. I have Denver, Memphis, Clippers, Warriors. That's my top four. I think that Denver is going to be an incredible regular season team. I think that Memphis is going to care a lot about the regular season as well. That's why they're my top two. This is not a power ranking. This is who I think will get the most and accumulate the most Western Conference wins. I mean, I should say, you know, NBA wins in general to reach the Western Conference, you know, standings. And then I have the Clippers because I think that even though that, you know, you're still going to load manage Paul George and Kawhi, they are so deep that they're still going to be a top three team in terms of wins. I have the Warriors at four and closely behind them. Again, this is just regular season wins. I have Minnesota closely behind Golden State at five. Then I go Suns, Mavericks, Pelicans, which I really hated the Pelicans being this low. Uh, and I, I probably should move them above the, the Mavericks, but I just I can't bring myself to do it. Uh, that's my top eight. So my top eight again are Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves, Suns, Mavericks, Pelicans. 9 and 10, who gets into the play-in? There's just so many teams that don't want to be in the play-in. So the Kings are going to get there, I think, and snap their playoff drought. And then the Lakers. I think the Lakers get there as well because there's just so many teams that just don't want to be there, that don't view 9 and 10 as a very um, high honor or a great trophy or a great kind of plateau. If If they can only achieve 9 or 10, they'd rather just bottom out for the second half of the year if that's all that they can achieve. They look at their roster and say, you know what? We could go to 9, we could go to 10. We probably can't get to 8, 7, or 6. Uh, instead of doing that, let's just bottom out for these two generational stars. That's what I think that the, that the NBA will do in general. So there's not enough teams that like want it, that, that want the play-in. So I'm going to have the Lakers and Kings in there as well. Uh, the Eastern Conference standings. I think the Philadelphia is going to be incredible. I, I have them number one in my product, production standings. I've done this the last year and a half. On the Sixers, I, I always have them ranked very highly. 
Uh, but I think they're going to be awesome. <clears throat> I have the Bucks number two and the Celtics three. I have the Bucks number two and the Celtics three. I think that the Cavaliers will be four. The Raptors will be five. Look, this is the one where I went really heavily back and forth on. I love this Raptors roster. I love the Cavs roster. I'm going to give it to the Cavs right now. Raptors five, Heat six, Hawks seven, Nets eight, Bulls nine, Knicks ten. My Western Conference Finals is Warriors versus Clippers. My Eastern Conference Finals is Sixers versus Bucks. My NBA Finals is Sixers versus Clippers. My NBA champion is Clippers. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to beat the Buck, uh, beat the Sixers in the NBA Finals. My NBA awards: Joel Embiid is MVP. Paolo Banchero is Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year is Rudy Gobert. My sixth man is Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's going to be an awesome add to the uh, Celtics. Coach of the Year: Ty Lue. And then the most improved player is Alexei Pokushevsky. No, it's it's Terry Maxey. I think he's going to be awesome. Obviously, I have the I have the uh, I have the Celtics. Uh, should I should say 76ers being a top team in the East. So Maxey will have to be incredible. So that's what I'm going to project for those standings. Now. On tomorrow's show, we're talking about what to watch for this year as the Thunder tip off their season on Wednesday. Enjoy the basketball tonight, and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.